I'm uh, I'm speaking here with composer Kevin Manthe um, about his work, and he's done you know numerous amount of of video games, uh, animated series like The Ultimate Spider-Man. Um, but thank you so much for taking the time today. Thank you. And uh, I guess to start off, um, I just you know, how did you discover music, and what specifically set you on the track to composing for you know the visual mediums? Well, early on, I had real specific memories of just sitting at the piano before I even knew how to play, and um, just kind of sitting there for, uh, I don't know if it was hours, but for long, long periods of time, and just being fascinated by how I could play things up high and soft and quiet, and how it would just sort of give me certain emotions and feelings, and then banging on the low black keys down low, and how it was just a little more dark and scary or you know dramatic and i i really was excited about figuring out how to unlock the mystery of music and so i started taking piano lessons and trumpet and then when i got into high school i started buying synthesizers and created my own my own uh studio and and just really couldn't think of anything else i wanted to pursue except music when i was uh figuring out what to do with my life and so that's <clears throat> that's the that's how I kind of got into it. And then I went to college in Minnesota for uh, music theory and composition. And that then led me out to USC to their scoring for motion pictures and television uh, graduate certificate program. And then after that, I did the School of Hard Knocks for a few years, uh, <laughs> mentoring with different uh, composers that have gone on to be very successful. And then I felt confident at that point to just jump out and just start doing it on my own. So I, it's just, you know, composing is just getting into composing is a series of lo lots of baby steps for me, at least. Just there wasn't one big dramatic thing that happened. It was just like a very nice, long evolution of thought and desires kind of turning into reality. And, uh, you know, looking at your work, you, you, you kind of got started with uh, video games and I know yeah. video games. Video games were running your blood, and I think you and and uh, you know Anzur are the, like the undisputed kings of of game scoring. Um, how has that scoring process changed from when you like your first video game to your most recent video game? Um, well, I got into video games kind of bef right after you had to be like a programmer to do it. So the first score I did was for the Indian in the Cupboard, which was a Paramount feature film, and they did a, a a video game for it and um i was able to utilize my my studio at the time and and what they they used to call it red book audio which basically just meant cd quality audio <clears throat> and i was able to score score it that way um the limitations at that point were the 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 music tended to be shorter like they were one minute loops versus now you know, cues can be as long as there's not as many memory cons constraints now. Right. Um, that first game I did, they only needed like 10, I think like 15 minutes of music. Maybe it was 10 minutes, very small amount of music. And it was just used really wisely throughout the game. Now you can be asked to score 90 minutes up to, um, I just did a bid for a, a game that w they want 150 minutes of music. Wow. <laughs> so it's like more music than is like even in a, you know, huge, Hollywood blockbuster feature. So uh, I think that's how it's changed. Also, you know, you see so many games being done with orchestras now and, and their budgets allow <clears throat> them to approach music just like a uh, feature film would. 
Right, right. And uh, in, in your opinion, what makes a good video game score? Does a, does a good video game score need anything <clears throat> different than maybe what a film or a TV score might need? Um, I think it's a lot of the same elements. For me, like a good video game score it has to feel cinematic. It has to it has to do the same things that you want to do on a TV show or, or a movie, which is you want to capture the right emotions and moods and feelings. It You want to capture the right just the right essence of what's going on and help it help the story unfold correctly and help whatever's happening on screen uh, during that level. You want to basically just kind of come along with it and really help tell the story with the music. And sometimes that's just as subtle as doing a real slight creepy ambience. Other times it's, you know, just the big dramatic music you would expect during a big battle sometimes it's obvious but then other times it's it's just i feel like music helps tell the story and it's like you're helping to complete um the creator's vision for the project and so in that sense it's sort of exactly the same is that you're just helping tell the story and helping um the creators of whatever project come to that full hundred percent that they've that they need it to be sound is always so important the sound effects the dialogue and the music you just mute mute anything that you're looking at or playing and you just it's just amazing how quickly it just shrinks mm -hmm. it's like you're watching it but it, it literally just somehow it shrinks down to it's almost as though that 50 inch plasma turns into like a one by one inch by one inch when you don't hear the sound it's you're missing half you're missing half of what's going on so oh, yeah. um yeah so i guess there there's the similarities are that you, you're just really helping the creators tell the story um the differences are there's just some technical things with games um generally the music loops so you have to understand just how that works and understand that people will be hearing the music over and over and over so you may not be as thematic because you realize that the set, the certain player is going to be hearing that music over and over, and so if you like have this certain theme for a game, and you, every single cue you write, you put that theme in there, people are going to be like pulling their hair out, you know. I've so, been there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so your music can. Um, so I, I like to through compose. Basically, it means just write really brand new material. Um, for each track in game music. I do that a bit more than, like, uh, let's say, a episode of Generator Rex or Ultimate Spider-Man. I can bring back some themes that I had earlier on in the episode, bring them back later on. I can literally just copy and paste them and then just do some slight additions to it. And that works great because people are going to watch it once, twice, maybe three times. But if I did that same thing in a game those those people would be hearing that over and over and over, and then when I go to the next spot where I used it again, they'd be hearing it over and over and over. And maybe sometimes that would work, but so that's that's definitely something that's different. And uh, you've also done a lot of uh, tie-in games, you know, like Tron Evolution and Kung Fu Panda. And uh, I've, ta I've I've talked to several other composers who who've done those, and, mm -hmm. and you know, they, they're they're from these big franchises and big films that have such a identifiable music stamp. Is it hard yeah. to put is it hard to put your own personal voice on a franchise when most people associate it with, you know, something like Tron, like Daft Punk, you know? Right. Well, uh, well, like Tron was a little Tron 
basically every game that is a movie license thing, I'm my score is done before the movie comes out, and usually my score is done before the movie before the movie composer even actually starts writing the music. Wow, I didn't know that. Well, because think of it, because the day like about two to three weeks before the the movie comes out. Um, the the game is literally on the shelves, mm-hmm. and post production for f- movies really goes up to the last minute. Right. So if a movie comes out July first, they they might be doing the final mix like maybe three weeks before then. I'm just guessing, and the composer is probably composing up to the very last minute and then doing his recording sessions and everything. So he's just a few months before that, and so literally about the time I'm more than done the composer's probably starting now i'm sure there's been some tie-ins like um i know there's been some tie-ins with like the transformers and other projects where the composer that did the music on the film also does the video game Mm -hmm. so they they've got to figure that out and um, a lot of times the composer would have to start the video game first which seems a little different you know yeah yeah um, so it's, I don't really worry about it. I mean, for Kung Fu Panda, it's just like, it's fun. It's, it's Asian, Asian inspired cinematic music. And I, I did this Shaolin Showdown, um, series for Warner Brothers animation, did like 56 episodes. And I just was writing, you know, full on Asian inspired music for that mm-hmm. for like three seasons. So I w- I'm pretty versed in those styles. So it was just kind of a fun, for me, it was just, enjoyable to get back into writing in those styles again right so yeah yeah yeah. i mean that's that's cool that i had no idea but also there's another like say like look at a a video game that is that uh, and i've talked to composers where they're like where i guess they've come in after the movies come out or they do something that that's later and they're you know they're not allowed to touch the original score from the film Uh like is there is there a bunch of legal issues between that well yeah generally i would yeah even that's really interesting because even when I've worked on a property like Shaolin Showdown, they did a video game. Mm-hmm. And because it was uh, Konami who did the game and there was Warner Brothers Animation, when I went and scored the music for Shaolin Showdown video game, I actually didn't use any of my themes from animation because just legally it was just simpler and easier for me to just do music inspired by. So I was, in a way I was kind of ripping myself off. Uh, and then the same thing happened with generator rex they did a video game based on the the animated series and i did the video game and same thing i didn't use rex's theme um but i kind of just did you know wrote the music in the same styles and and sort of referenced it in different ways right um and generally it just becomes one of those things where you just got all these big corporate entities and they sort of don't talk well to each other and Everyone's just like, well, let's just be easier. Let's just do it this way, and we don't have to worry about it. And I'm like, that's fine. So <laughs> I don't really, don't really mind. So, yeah, I can imagine what you're saying exactly is where, unless there's synergy between, uh, you know, DreamWorks, DreamWorks Interactive Division and then DreamWorks uh, Movie Division, which now there is some of that. There are people in key positions. Like, for example, I know a guy at DreamWorks who, who's – whose job it is is to interact between the movie division and and the game all right right and uh you all you also do ultimate spider-man which is another huge franchise and uh yeah and i, and I talked to 
David Ari Leon, who supervises uh, the Avengers series, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, and we discussed genres and brand names. And, you know, when you say something like Marvel, Disney, or Looney Tunes, they all conjure up, like, a specific sound in your head. Do you feel, uh-huh. that, there, do you feel that, the, that you had to fit a certain brand sound for Spider-Man, or did you treat it as a completely brand-new entity? Uh, I think there's... Like I didn't feel like I had to do a specific thing that was related just to Spider-Man because mm-hmm. there's been so many reiterations of Spider-Man over the years, and everyone has its own take. And then also there's you know there's the classic Spider-Man ones that have this really cool <laughs> retro score, and it's done with a big you know orchestra kind of group, and it's just so different that you you can't really take any inspiration from that. <laughs> and then there's more recent ones that have great music. Um, but you know, every, every, you know, every production wants to sort of have their own signature. They do that with their own animation. They do that with the way they approach the story. Uh, you know, like this ultimate Spider-Man has a lot of these cutaway gags and, and stuff like that. And, um, and so every production really wants to say, Hey, we're, th- we're new, you know, we're, we're doing stuff different. And so I think there's, for me, at least, I feel like I have a lot of freedom when I approach a, a, something that has even though it's very iconic but when it's been done so many different ways it's like hey that means i get to do it sort of my way as long as i'm making producers happy and um, they had some specific ideas we wanted to kind of approach spidey when he's swinging through um when he's swinging through the city and just kind of freewheeling we wanted him to kind of have this like sort of motocross meets punk rock kind of fun Mm -hmm fun abandoned wild teenage kind of feel in the music with sort of punk rock stuff and we've kind of adapted that to include orchestral stuff around it <laughs> so that's kind of spidey's vibe um the end credits music if you listen to it on itunes of course they always mute it on disney xd but if you check it out like on itunes or when you purchase the the dvd the, the end credits is kind of a full-on theme uh spidey's theme and it's just kind of done with a traditional punk rock band kind of feel um but yeah as far as like uh, what i was going to say too was there's always the you always want to approach superhero kind of projects with the notion that it's a superhero project so music by just that definition there has to be there are certain parameters that every every person that watches this stuff whether they realize it or not they have sort of expectations so it's not like i can you know it's not it can't be like an asian inspired score when it's like spider-man it's just you know it's there's certain logical places you're going to go with the music just because of the genre so that of course i'm always interested in but then from there you kind of take that as a a starting point your building blocks Mm -hmm. and then you can kind of go in cool different directions like I've been throwing in a little bit of electronica here and there. And, you know, I'm not doing anything revolutionary or anything, but I, I just like to always mash up different styles of music and kind of, there's, you know, we'll, we'll be doing a Carl Stalling super cartoony thing for literally three or four seconds and then boom, back into full on big action, dramatic. And it, it's, it's always, it keeps me on my toes and the, and the, the, the sound and the music is just constantly changing and evolving through each episode and i feel like yeah, in animated shows you you know you have what 21 22 minutes you have to keep up a certain 
energy and i think how, yeah. so how so how much music is typically in in an episode of ultimate spider-man uh you know i don't count because i i used to when i when the first show i started uh invader zim back in back in the day um right. i was like i remember going to my spotting sessions and just being so obsessed about like oh my gosh i have eight minutes to write and i have four days and i have that means i have to write two minutes every day and you know, I'm very detailed and I'm kind of a perfectionist. So, I, and I, I really like to make sure that I get my work done on time. I'm, I've never been late on a deadline. I don't think ever. And so I was just very particular about that. And, um, now it's like, I look at it this way. I look at, okay, I've got 22 minutes of footage. I got to get through. I've got four days, let's say. And that's about what? Seven times, what, six times four. That's about roughly six minutes. So I try to get through that six minutes, whether it needs music or not. Generally, it's animation, so yes, it needs music. But, uh, you know, it, it's not... Sometimes you're just supporting dialogue, and other times you're just hitting little gags, and other times you're doing full big, full big stuff. But I just like to just have... So the long the long answer sorry which is that usually it's wall to wall for animation um yeah i feel like with spider-man we're letting some dialogue breathe here and there so probably a couple minutes minus the 20 some i would say anywhere from 16 17 up to 20 minutes of music per episode that's a that's a lot <laughs> yeah it is a lot and that's part of the that's part of like the challenge and like part of what makes an animation composer um an animation composer is that I, I, and I think also series, com <clears throat> series television composers, especially those guys who do, like the you know the hour shows, mm -hmm. like, like uh, Cal um, Sean Cal is it Callery or um, yeah Sean Callery yeah. did twenty four uh, yeah like I always just would be thinking about him like when I'm watching the show just like imagining like him and maybe his team like just burning through like you know forty five minutes of music like in a week that's just insane so. I feel like I have to do I have to get through 22 minutes in a week but you know I've figured out how to do it and and I can do it and I enjoy it. Um but that's the challenge is to write really cool music and write it quickly and basically I don't sit and and uh go back on ideas. Usually I first idea is what I go with and you just make those decisions quickly and and work fast and work hard and kind of enjoy it along the way as much as you can and uh you're talking about schedules you, so for an animated series do you have you have one week is it every week is a new episode how long does it take to animate usually a full episode oh the anime that's a good question i think they have multiple studios that animate so uh mm -hmm. they send they send animation out um they send animation out months before it comes back so right. And they probably each each uh, animation studio might have a couple of teams. So one team might get, you know, four or six weeks to. I'm just guessing, they'll get a, a good chunk of time to to do that because really it, it's just a ton of work for the animation teams. Um, but then once it all comes back and it's post production time, we technically get two weeks for each show, but they're they're doubling they're piggybacking. So it's like I start. A show one week and during that same week i'm sort of quote unquote finishing the last episode or you know mm -hmm. getting it ready for the mix 
so when you look at it, it's like I have two weeks. I don't, but I can't. I can really only give it one week because the following week I have to start the next one. So while you're working on one, you're also then addressing that same week. You'd probably have to address notes from the last one and then get your session files ready for the the, the mix, and then submit the music for the mix. So, um, so it's a constant. So you, you kind of get you get in the flow of things. It, it I guess it, you get yeah, you're kind of juggling a couple things. Um, <laughs> but like this last fall, I was doing Generator Rex at the same time as Spider Man. So I was actually doing two shows. So and, your head head must have exploded. <laughs> <laughs> so then I was, I was, uh, yeah. So I was probably composing three days on each. So it'd be like six days. So I would. So then my my goals for how much music to write in a day would go up to almost eight minutes. You know, seven and a half, eight minutes. And how uh, many hours? How many hours do you put in a day? Well, I would say like between eight and ten, and then um, I have the the way I would do it is I. For both of those shows, I'd have a guitarist do guitar and bass work at his studio, and then he would. So I would I would write for all the guitar. I would send him temp temporary tracks, call them temp tracks. Mm-hmm. And he, he would have the video of the episode, and he would bring up the. He'd have his own session file. I would send him a file, and then he'd bring it up, and he'd play all the guitars, and then he'd send me back like eight or nine audio tracks, stereo audio tracks of of all the guitar and bass. Um, so then I would have someone who would come in, um, who would, who would do orchestration. We call it synthestration cause it's really not orchestration cause you're, you're sitting at, in the studio with synthesizers around you and you're orchestrating the synthesizers. So basically you would just kind of help one way I, I, I could write faster was sometimes I could just give specific notes to the orchestrator or the synthestrator on what to do in specific situations like you know make this section bigger with add brass here um take the strings and put them in the brass add timpani you know stuff like that um clean up clean up my sloppy drum beats that i put in (laughs) um and then also that same guy uh dan would um he would then mix mix the music so that saved me a lot of hours which then freed me up to be able to compose the, the you know every cue in in the episode, um, and then we did that same approach for Spider Man. Wow, well, uh, you I mean it's, it's good you're doing great work, and you know you're part of this whole Marvel Marvel universe, and now you know with Avengers coming out the movie, and everyone is really getting into it. So um, it's yeah. a big group of people working yeah. for you know, so. <laughs> And yeah, you're, you're definitely contributing to the sound of it, so it's it's great. And Thanks. your video game music is terrific too. I love it. Um, but to, I guess to wrap things up, I always like to ask composers if you could uh, if you could compose any film ever made with no disrespect to the original composer, uh-huh. which film which film would you choose? Does it have to be a film? Could it be like a TV show? Oh, yeah, TV show, game, whatever you want. Um, well, growing up, I my dad would like watch like the 70s shows like um streets of san francisco and stuff like that mm-hmm. and um i like in my shows i always like to just play around with funk and stuff mm-hmm. and i'm not like super awesome keyboard player or anything but you know i really love playing the clav and the um the Rhodes piano and like coming up with bass funk lines and wah-wah guitar and all that stuff mm-hmm. and sometimes i think like maybe i was born like 
you know, a couple, 20 years too, too late or something. And I thought it would be super awesome to like score the music for like the streets of San Francisco or Starsky and Hutch. That's a good good answer. (laughs) Cause I I love watching those shows and I really like the music. Um, and like, it's got a dated sound, but in, but only in a super cool kind of way versus like when you watch maybe the originals, um, Spider-Man or something, it's got kind of a dated, kind of kitschy kind of sound and it's fun but it's not super cool but when you listen to those you know when you listen to those scores from the 70s i think they're really cool oh they yeah, the whole the whole jazzy feel the funky feel and just yeah 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 and you know those guys were so awesome because they got to do they got to have recording sessions every week with you know 30 to 50 players and they would just um, record it live, right to tape, and boom! I think they mixed it right on the fly. And and uh, you know, there are some television shows now that get to record with orchestra and stuff. And but the days of recording animation uh, TV series are are there's a few that do it, but it's really far and few in between. So I don't want to end on a downer note, but. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yes. I mean, there's yeah, there's there a few keeping it alive. <laughs> yeah, so Starsky and Hutch, that's my answer. All righty, that's a good one. Um, Kevin, thank you so much. It's been it was a real pleasure, and uh, hopefully we get to do it again sometime. 